Welcome to the Adult Child of Dysfunction podcast, where we untangle the past, rewrite the present, and reclaim our future. I am your host, Tammy Vincent, and together we will break free from old patterns, heal wounds, and create new narratives. Are you ready to transform the effects of your dysfunctional past into your superpowers? Are you excited to get back in touch with your true authentic self? If so, then hit subscribe and join me weekly on the Adult Child of Dysfunction podcast. Here we will learn from experts as well as experienced thrivers how to turn our trials into smiles while living our most authentic and joyful lives. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Adult Child of Dysfunction. Today, we have with us a special guest. His name is Taylor Duran. He's an award-winning author from San Antonio, Texas, and he's actually writing a fantasy series loosely based on his mental health journey and his traumatic experiences that he had in the past. So hello, Taylor. How So happy to have you here. It's, it's an honor to be here. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more. I know we just talked for just a few minutes before we got on here and you said you had a plethora of experiences that you could share. So tell us a little bit more about kind of what you went through and what got you here today. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so it starts roughly around five or six years old. Um, one of my family members, uh, who I will not name, um, he bullied me a lot. Um, to the point where it got, it got my dad involved to where he had to step in and say, Hey, look, you're, you're being way too, too much. Um, after that, I think my dad, my dad's uh, relationship and I have always had a Rocky. It's never been the relationship that I've wanted. Um, but after my little sister was born, because my uh, mom and dad are divorced. He got remarried and had uh, a daughter. Something changed with my dad. He, um, I always felt that he favored my sister over me um, through no fault of hers. I don't blame her at all. Um, so something along the line, some, somewhere along the lines, he, he changed and he was very angry with um, God and took it out on me, uh, unfortunately. Uh, my stepdad came into the picture around eight years old, and that's when the, the abuse started. Um, all different kinds of abuse, mental, emotional, uh, physical, uh, and, and so on. So I had to deal with a lot of that. And, you know, my dad decided to that he didn't want to have the responsibility of being a father, um, for a year, twice, once when I was 11, once when I was 13. Um, and then, you know, I weaved into the, the teenage years and my uncle committed suicide 10 days after mm -hmm. my 16th birthday. And then eight months later, my sister died in a, in a car fire. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. And my dad's side of the family have, has always been, uh, distant to say the least. And, you know, I remember one of my cousins telling me, um, we had a long conversation and he told me, you know, you're never invited to family get togethers, but you're always welcome. Um, didn't quite make sense at the time. <laughs> no, uh, no. Um, so, you know, I've always felt a need 
for their approval and, you know, how to earn their love and respect. But as I'm getting older and as I'm getting, um, shall we say, wiser, um, I realize that that validation has to come from myself. Um, and so that's something that I'm still struggling with is to validate myself and not put more value in somebody else's opinions of me, uh, than my own. Um, but growing up with my dad and, you know, that whole thing, I've always lived with my mom, but, um, with my dad, he gave my little sister the love and the dad that I always wanted. So it, it's a lot of weaving um, traumatic past uh, and not knowing who I was for the longest time. Um, I eventually became numb to all emotion. Uh, after my sister died, I just shut down. And then um, what happened was, you know, I... I got so manic, um, you know, I, I ended up buying a firearm and, um, a few days after that, I, I, I checked myself into a behavioral health hospital for the first time. And I looked around at all these people who, uh, felt the same as I did as broken, beaten and bruised by life, um, that, I just started writing in a, in a group trauma therapy session and that's how my books came to be. Um, I am throwing a lot of healthy coping mechanisms that I've learned along the way, like uh, five, four, three, two, one, um, you know, uh, grounding techniques, a lot of um, like safe, secure place, the container method, which is something I'm still trying to work for. I work, work towards mastering. Um, but eventually I learned a little bit more of those coping mechanisms and tried to implement them and master them, um, which I'm putting as my main character, learning how to do all these things. And, you know, it's very relatable. It's very, um, you know, you, any reader can relate to this, to my main character. So are you in the books? Are you the main character, but you don't say that? I like to think so. I'm living yeah. vicariously because I want to give um, my main character the relationships with her families or her dad's side of the family and her dad, the relationship that I, I never got. Exactly. So, and it's And it just stands to reason you going back and saying like, I mean, just starting it five or six or eight where you were being bullied and you were being pushed around. I mean, it, it exactly how you grew up and exactly what your thoughts were of self, you know, lack of self-worth and all that. There's almost no way that cannot happen. You know, when you grow up in that kind of, you know, all you want as a kid is to be validated, to be loved, to be honored, to be heard, to be whatever, just treated like a kid and, and seen and loved. And when you're not, or don't feel that you are, it, it, wreaks havoc on you. And there's no way you can come unscathed from that. Uh, I love that you said that you realized that you had to take basically control of it. And you had to be your, I like to put it as you have to be your own knight in shining armor. 
because if you're waiting for the outside world to come and rescue you, it may never happen <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I will say that, uh, my grandfather, um, he left for California when I was five years old. He uh, got a really, really amazing job. Um, but he did say this one thing to me um, that I'll never forget. He, he, um, he said that the person that I was before he left was not the same person that, that he got back. Um, and that, struggle and and that's a struggle in itself because i i kind of miss or grieve the person that i might have become um had i not gone through so much traumatic um experiences uh not like uh you know the abuse i remember you know one time i was either 19 or 20 and my stepdad like he had one of those electronic key um, pads to oh, unlock mm -hmm. the door and um he, he i didn't tell him i was coming over because why why would i need to but um so i unlocked the door and he's standing maybe 10 or 10 or 15 feet away from me with a uh, loaded uh, pistol pointed at me yeah whoa <laughs> and i think so the, the crazy part is, is that I didn't, it wasn't the, the, the experience that made me like uh, question or surprised. It was the fact that I didn't feel anything in that moment. No fear. I just continued to walk in the door like nothing ever happened. And I thought, if it's my time, it's my time. And that, to me, was was kind of a small wake up, um, because it nobody should have to feel the lack of I don't know um, self worth, as you put it, to just not care whether you are here the next moment. Um, so that that was really really interesting to me to look back. Uh, on all these years you know uh, my mom actually I attribute my health my journey through becoming mentally healthy to my mom um, because she's the one who I wouldn't say forced but pushed me extra hard to um, to get the help that I need that I needed um and it got to the point where I didn't recognize myself, mainly because I didn't know who I was. So that that's hard. And finding your identity was, finding my identity was is a long journey. But I guess my wisdom is, it's easier to find out who you are not in order to find out who you are. That makes sense. I can I can definitely see that. And it also, it's again, you know, I don't want to keep going back to it's expected, but like I'm listening to you and I don't know, how old are you now? Uh, 27. So you're 27 now. So my son's 27. So same age. 
but I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking and I'm thinking I, I went through all of that. And so now I'm 55. So I've been and I was 26 when I had that realization. And I remember the first time I went to a therapist's office and I was sitting there and I remember her saying to me, well, how does that make you feel? And it was something I was talking about that was pretty traumatic. And I was like, what do you mean feel? Like, what does that even mean? Like, she's like, you're not happy. I'm like, no. She's like, you're not sad or scared or angry or no. I was just kind of existing. I literally had no emotions. I had never been told that that was okay. Um, even the good ones were usually beaten out of me. So you, you do, you learn to completely just kind of break off. And I'm listening to you say the thing about walking in with the the pistol. And uh, I'm thinking, I don't know if, you know, you go through therapy now or anything, but you were probably dissociating a little bit. You probably were literally like almost stepping outside and you just, you just make a break. Your mind can't handle some things and it just says, nope. Not today, not now. So you're you're right. I mean, I can picture you doing that. Um, I actually almost ha- I had a very horrific moment when I was, I believe, 16. And my mother, I was living with my mom at the time, and I contemplated taking her life. And it was like, wow. And I was literally, st- it was like I was standing outside my bottle, my body with a box of rat poison and her jug of spiked orange juice. And I was like, hmm. This could be so like this could end everything. And then it was like it's I snapped me back like it's kind of like, whoa. And all of a sudden I was holding it, you know, but I remember that moment where I didn't I wasn't scared, angry. I was nothing, just nothing. You're just not feeling. And yeah, it was. it can be a very scary wake up call because you should you should have been like, oh, my God, my life is about to end. But the fact that you were at a place where it just eh, whatever, just another day, you know, I'm exactly, glad you went for help. Exactly. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I, I, um, you know, it's interesting because growth happens in uncomfortable places. Yes. And I've always had, um, questions about, you know, myself and it's, um, you know, I found, I, it's easy to find comfort in the pain that you're experiencing um, because that's all you've ever known. And that's all that really you feel. Um, So to, so the questions that I had was what takes the place of that pain? Um, Who am I going to be without it? And that is those questions in itself are scary because they're the unknown and it's it's scary it's it's frightening to go into the unknown with no map no direction and and to travel through those emotions with and and be uncomfortable and learn to be okay with being uncomfortable absolutely and i you know i tell a lot of my clients too a lot of it is you are still that person that was born without that trauma. You are that joyous, happy, free, loving person. Everybody is that person. That's how they're born. And then best way to put it is shit happens. And it's like you put on this, you know, you're born without glasses. And then all of a sudden you put on these glasses of horrific things and it makes you see the whole world through a different lens. 
So really, like in my healing, I had to go back and take those glasses off and go all the way back to that joyous, happy, joyful person. And I did a lot of that through journaling. I love that you said you started writing the series and just started writing because I would literally sit with two hands, my left hand, I'm left-handed, would write letters to myself. And then my right hand would write as my five-year-old self letters back what I needed, what I didn't get, what, you know, and I would have a literally a written conversation back and forth between that five-year-old self that felt unworthy and unloved and unprotected. And I would tell it, you're safe now. And more and more, you will start to go back into that person that you, you still are. And you always were. It just that the way you react and look at things now is from a, a different lens because so many bad things happen to you. And that's expected. That's normal. You know, so it's. I mean, it's it's a, but it, at the same time, it's it's a it's a hard process. I always tell people healing isn't isn't easy. It's hard, but yet it's simple, if that makes sense. Like there's yes. so many specific little things you can do. Like tell the readers about the five, four, three, two, one, because I love it. But let them hear it from you. Okay, so I I can't remember the order, but it's five things you can see. Um, oh, what is it? Four things you can touch. It, uh, honestly, you, I do it by the order of simplicity. So like hear, hearing, seeing, those are things that are really a lot of. You walk into a room, you can easily see and hear five things or and then it kind of I always go down and I always end in taste because there's really only one thing you can taste. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it's five things you can uh, see, um, four things you can hear. Um, what is it? the other one? Um, feel things you can feel. Yes. F uh, three things that you you can feel, uh, two things you can touch and then one thing you can taste. Yep. Um, yeah, there's there's another one uh, for motivation, but it's countdown from five and then just do what you what you're wanting to do. So it doesn't give you that time to uh, second guess or think about not doing it. Um, I've always equated that trauma is like a uh, a cancer of the emotions. Right. So a cancer of, of the mind. Um metaphorically because you have all these symptoms that the cancer can can uh, present itself as but not only are you having to deal with the symptoms but you have to treat the the root cause of that cancer Absolutely. so uh, abandonment um, abuse you know because uh, there are certain things that I do today that was instilled in me um, as a younger younger uh, child that I can't stop, um, but I recognize that I'm doing it. Um, my stepdad would always yell at me if there was noise in the car when he was on the phone. So now when somebody's on the phone in the car, I'm not, I don't talk. And right. if I have to tell them something important, then it's as a whisper. Right. Um, so that's, that's interesting. Um, there are certain things that I do as a result of, you know, the trauma that I've experienced. And that's important to figure out uh, for anybody is to figure out like, okay, you're doing this, but why are you doing this? Right. What's the root cause? 
Right. And the things that you did, you they were survival. Like the, you were in survival mode for your entire life from day one. So your brain did every, your brain just wants to keep you safe. It just wants, you know, so you did that. You knew, I mean, I used to tell, I could tell by how the key hit the door, whether my parents were really drunk or just a little bit drunk. Because if they fumbled a little bit, I was like, oh God, take cover. Like I knew, you know, if they couldn't get that key in the door, then I better hit the ground running or hide or be under my bed or wherever I needed to be. But if the, if it slid in easy and turned, then I would come down and greet them. And it's still that to this day, I mean, I'm 55 now. I'm still very hyper vigilant when I'm out with crowds of people that are getting drunk and drinking. It's like I can walk into a room and read immediately the 15 people that I do not want to be near. And so it's like it was a coping mechanism that you developed. And now as an adult, it doesn't necessarily serve you. You don't have to do that. But it takes a long time to unprogram that. Definitely. It does. You have to disconnect some wires and re uh, rewire your brain. Uh, um, you know, it's it's crazy um, to see how 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 much you're affected by the past and mm-hmm. how much your past like takes control of you in some some areas. And that is that is quite um, enlightening, I guess, um, to figure that out. And it's, it, that's why I write is because it helps me figure it out. Um, yep. You know, I, I, I was um, writing my press release um, a few yesterday and I came up with this amazing quote and I just I want to share it. It says, um, heavy is the pain that I carry. But I hold it through gritted teeth. Not because I enjoy the torture, but be, but because with each step, I gain strength in my resolve. Amen. Love it. Absolutely love Thank it. You. Yeah, it's it's so true. It's so true. I want to hear, but I mean, I'm excited to. Where are your books? Do you have them on Amazon? Or are they just, uh, where are they? Um. So the first installment is on Amazon. It's on okay. barnesandnobles.com. And then the, pub, the self-publishing website, Writers Republic. But if okay. you go to official Taylor Duran, you can dot com, you can actually uh, find the links to the books a lot easier. OK, I'm definitely going to do that. Definitely. I love be like I said, I we were talking about this before and I love stories that are. Have factual basis to them, like your processes and your coping t- mechanisms and your coping skills and all these things that you're learning through the process of the healing. But yet there is a, a more personal aspect to the book because it was clearly written from someone that has gone through some stuff. So it's like a real story, but it's got the facts in there. I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, so you talked, you said something. It, it, I, I'm just kind of, I, I'm really enjoying this conversation because I feel like you're me 27 years ago. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, so, I mean, literally, I feel like, I mean, some of the things it's like, not, I don't want to say triggering, but yeah, it's bringing back a lot of stuff and I'm wanting to like add so much into what you're talking about. I could talk to you for hours, um, but it's, you know, it's, I think the thing, the, the most important part here for the listeners to hear, because a lot of these listeners have gone through some terrible things. I mean, you talk about, you went through terrible things between the, you know, the deaths and the, and the, the abuse and the neglect and 
just the whole thing. It's a big package, but look, you're only 27 and you're already on that path of awareness because awareness is a hundred percent of it. Just being aware of the fact that it wasn't normal, being aware of the fact that none of it was your fault, being aware of the fact that you do have that innocent, pure person still in you. And it's just a matter of getting to it, getting back to it. I know you, and you do, it is the hardest thing is to let go of that person that you've become because who are you then? Right. I mean, it's, it's a question we all have pondered at one point and just know that every step forward for people out there listening, every single step that you take, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, it's a step forward and it's a step to a happier you. I mean, for sure. And I, I do, I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> like I said, I could talk all day about it, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. A lot of similarities and um, I love some of the, the processes you're using. I, I tell to people the first thing is journal, start to journal, start to be aware, start to, I used to carry a book and it's like things I think because I didn't think I didn't feel, I literally went through life from 20 to 26. I, I want to say in a semi hypnotic zombie like state, because I didn't care about anything, didn't nothing. I was just like, Oh, it just, I would wake up and just be like, hey, here we go again, but no joy, no happiness. And I finally found it. And it was, really a cool feeling, but I had to be very acutely aware of everything I felt. You know, you probably, have you ever read the book, Bo The Body Keeps Score? No. Oh, write that one down when we get off here. Read that book because it talks about how all of that trauma is stored so deeply in your body. Um, I was 18 and had literally had bleeding ulcers. I was throwing up blood. And they were giving me every single medicine in the world. And nobody ever told me, you know, hey, it's stress. Like you've been clearly stressed your entire life because at 18, you shouldn't be throwing up blood, you know? And it's just, so I tell people like when you are start to feel like you're getting triggered with something, be aware of where that is in your body. You might feel it in your stomach. You might feel it in your lower back. You could feel it in your jaw. Um, I've had arthritis of the jaw since I was 20. And it's not because I talk too much. So don't, I'm not, I'm not going with that. It's because I clenched my jaw for so many years. But when you start to feel it, when you're doing those exercises, like that five to four, three, two, one, pull some of that energy into that spot that's feeling that tension. And it'll, it'll really break it up a lot for you, which is kind of, I don't know, just a little trick to throw in there. <laughs> no, it's interesting that you bring that up because, um, Yes, trauma is stored within the vagus nerve, which is the biggest nerve in the body. And um, it, it's actually interesting because, um, you know, trauma can be passed down from mother to child. Mm -hmm. It actually happened to me um, when my youngest uncle was 16. He died in a car accident. Um, I was my mom was five months pregnant with me at the time. But as I, you know got older, five years old, I would grieve my uncle without ever knowing him. Mm -hmm. And so uh, she, she told me that I would just feel sad because um, my uncle passed away, you know, um, when he was 16 and a different uncle, uh, same, right, same family. mother. Yeah. 
but um yeah i would just grieve him and i would never know i never knew it so it's it was interesting that you brought that up where it, it gets stored in the body because um unless you work that work through that mm-hmm. um it, it it just stays yep Absolutely. And don't don't stop at just one answer. Don't ask yourself, well, why do I feel that way? And stop at one, because it usually takes about going about six, seven, ten layers deep to really find the root cause. And, you know, you're 27. It doesn't matter if you're 67, nine times out of 10. I truly feel like everything that you have when you start to pull it up and deal with it, if you follow it, it's going to go all the way back to your childhood. So much of it. So it's good that, you know, that's why I, I have I do this podcast so people can get different perspectives of like they listen to me talk all the time. I'm 55. I've been doing, you know, but now you're 27 and which is absolutely amazing because some people don't even realize that their normal wasn't normal until they're 50. So, absolutely. yeah, kudos to you, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. So, well, this has been absolutely amazing. I don't want to even cut it short, but I know you, I'm sure you, everybody out there has things to do too, but okay. So I'm going to put the links in the show notes so everybody can, you know, get hold of you, get your books, everything. If they just want to talk to you because you sound like a really good friend and they just want to reach out and just chat, where can they reach you? Um, so you can reach me on my Instagram. I generally check, uh, my Instagram, like, 60 times a day. Um, on my website, there is a, um, a link or a, um, contact me page that goes directly to my personal email. Um, so if you want to leave your email, um, in there, I can, I can definitely, um, or a method to contact you, Facebook, I can definitely try and reach out, um, there. Okay. So you're pretty easily accessible and you don't mind just chatting, just answering questions, because I'm sure a lot of listeners are at the beginning stages and just now figuring out that they just entered adulthood and it's not going so smoothly because there's a lot of stuff that they still need to deal with. So it's nice to have a friend. It's always nice to be in a group of people. Do you go to group? Do you do group things or anything? Uh, No, um, but. I'm thinking just an idea that came to mind is starting a group chat with um, the people that reach out to me if they're okay with it, um, just to lean on each other for support and um, just just uh, reach out to me through that in DMs or private message and um, we can talk there. So that sounds amazing. I think being in a group of people, collaboration of people that just understand that they get it, that they've been in the same place. I'm actually starting my own group coaching um, this month. I'm, it's a new format kind of thing. And literally it's, I first of all, I don't think anything should be super expensive. I don't think healing should cost you all of your arms and legs because I feel like if you've grown up in a world of chaos and dysfunction, you've already paid the price. So I think healing should be affordable. <laughs> so that's why I'm, I'm doing like a free flowing standing group coaching kind of thing. Cause I think people can, it's, it's great to be able to lean on each other. And that's, that's nice. That's fun that you're doing that. That's amazing. Absolutely. So if you could tell our listeners and you could give them one piece of advice or something to kind of leave with, they've heard about the fact that you're on a mission, man. Like I can tell you're on a mission to just 
get past all this and to just deal with it one little demon at a time and put it aside and get back to that happy, 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 unscathed view. Um, give some words of advice. Words of advice. Um, don't be afraid to ask for help. I know that that's a general saying, but there is strength in asking for help. Um, oftentimes in our, our darkest moments, um, a single ray of hope in the face of adversity shines its brightest. So that's something that I coined um, as well. But just don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, you know, just because you feel like you, you're bothering someone, it, sometimes it's, it takes their mind off of their own problems is to help somebody else with theirs. Absolutely. I love that. And now, you know, I've done this and I ask everybody that, and I don't think anybody said that yet. So that's awesome because that's super, super important, especially when you're dealing with mental health issues, there's still stigma attached to it. You know, they don't, and, and addiction, when you're dealing with people who have parents that are in recovery or, you know, addicted parents or whatever, there's still shame and addiction attached to that, which makes me angry. That's a whole nother podcast, but yeah. <laughs> that's a whole nother thing. But um, yeah, people don't reach out because they don't feel that they can or should, and you absolutely deserve it. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Absolutely. A single conversation might save someone's life. You got it. You absolutely are right. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Taylor. I so appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. It was an honor. Yeah, you and I'm sure there's a million people out there that will resonate your story. So we're going to spread it as far as we can. And we're going to get those books out there because I love it. I can't wait to read them. And thank you so much. So for everybody else out there listening, there you go. See, it doesn't have to be the 55-year-old Tammy you're talking to. You can be talking to a 27-year-old Taylor. And we're all on the same mission. And that is to just get over. And I don't want to say get over and let go because you're never going to get over completely and let go. But just to get back to being that you before things happen and things kind of got you down. So there you go. Another story. And thanks for coming. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining me today on the Adult Child of Dysfunction podcast. If this episode resonated with you or you think someone else could benefit from what you heard, why not share it with someone you care about? Let's heal from our past and take back control of our lives together. If you're interested in learning more, head on over to www.tammyvincent.com for a free chapter of my book, Surviving Alcoholic Parents. While you're there, be sure to catch my invigorating seminar, Awakening Your Authentic Self. Together, we will rewrite our stories and turn trials into triumphant smiles. Until next time, keep embracing your strength, keep being you, and know that you are more than enough. You are way more than enough right here, right now.